0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number three in the book of Jude. I'm going to title today, "What's the Big Deal?" So, why is Jude sending this emergency letter to his audience? Why, you know, what? Why is his concern so high? So, yesterday we talked about sort of this being an emergency sexual letter. So, we had the group of leaders who did not uh, bring their sexual best to the faith. And we, we've learned from previous lessons in the New Testament that, that, the, that Christian leaders can fa- fall in three different areas, just these are large categories. One is power, the second is profit, and the third is pleasure. So yesterday we talked about pleasure being a primary way that these leaders are falling, but today we're, we'll find out that power and profit are going to be actually part of their equation as well. And this equation is, if you add unbelief and disobedience and sexual immorality and uh, doing this for your own profit and rejection of authority, you're going to end up with punishment and uh, judgment and woe and destruction. So let's not go there. Let's not do that equation. big principle is that behavior is betraying belief. So the behavior of this church's or area's leadership is betraying their belief. Uh, It's a principle that's in Matthew chapter 7. We are known by our fruit, and our actions obviously reveal our attitude. Listen in with me. Uh, This is from Jude. There's only one chapter. It's verses 10 through 16. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Verse 11, woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain, and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, and perished in Korah's rebellion. So a couple of Old Testament references we'll talk about. Verse 12. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up the phone of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all the deeds of unrighteousness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Wow, big wrath. Verse 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud mouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. All right, so let's start with verse 10. So they blaspheme what they don't understand. They uh, are destroyed by what they do understand. So it, it sounds like these people are ranting and raving, and they don't understand quite a bit, but they understand enough for judgment. They understand enough that the Lord holds them accountable uh, to be destroyed. So to be faithful and be obedient, consider the revelations that you already have. Perhaps God isn't dropping another treasure of truth on you because you've trampled the truths that he's already given you. So it, I think this is a, a a charge to obey old commands. We looked at Hebrews chapter 13, and a, and a strange guy from the Old Testament, Barak, and that was his charge, was to obey the, the commandments that had already been given. Then in verse 11, we find references to Cain, that's way back in Genesis chapter 4, and it, It says in Genesis 4 that God had no regard for Cain's sacrifice. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell, so he gets angry at God. The Lord said, Cain, why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, there's a remedy here. You you can give a good sacrifice. You know, and if you do not do well, And then he warns warns Cain, the Lord is saying this, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Another translation has its desire, sin's desire is to have you. And don't we all know that? So sin is nearby. Sin is not neutral. It wants our destruction. And Cain could have turned. He could have done well. There was a remedy for him. There was a way of escape. He could have turned. He could have repented. He could have embraced the discipline of the Lord, but he didn't. So again here, these leaders abandon themselves for the sake of gain. So there is this financial component. Yesterday we talked about the sexual component. Now we find that these this leadership crisis is, uh, has a financial component. And there's power and profit and pleasure at risk here. So Balaam's error, 2 Peter 2.15, says the way of Balaam who loved gain for wrongdoing. So he loved money. So there's a money component to the, this wrongdoing. So wrongdoing is one thing, regretting it and is another. Um, and then there's this doing wrong and not regretting it, sort of making it your business model. I was thinking about OnlyFans, the the online uh, porn kind of thing, and that is where. It allows, or it democratizes, the temptation to take something that is for the marriage bed, which is sexual uh, attraction between a committed husband and a committed wife, of a man and a woman, and selling it. Um, so then we find Cora's rebellion. Well, that's where they assembled themselves against Moses. And that seems to be a power grab. Korah was trying to do a power grab. The idea here is that these people are gaining advantage and grumbling against God, not just the wilderness generation. So what's the big deal? I think it is a leadership crisis. It is similar in a whole bunch of other books. Titus talks about it, First Timothy talks about it, First Peter talks about it, Acts talks about it. That's why this is such a big deal. So why the emergency letter? Because it's a leadership crisis. And what's the big fuss? Knocking out the leaders is the best way to knock out a church. So why the big fuss? The congregation is at risk because of the leader's failure. The captain is not taking orders from his commander with a capital C. And not considering the souls on board his ship. It's the shepherd feeding himself. So this is a call to arms, to the, those call to the arms of Jesus and out of the arms of the bad leader. Let's be grateful to the good leaders. If you have a a leader who is contending for you while you contend for the faith, you should be grateful. So what are we supposed to do about it? Stick around tomorrow, and Jude answers that question. Thanks for listening.